Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Quadruple Overtime. I'm Tyler. I'm David. <laughs> that was a big pause. <laughs> you remember your name? <laughs> and if you can't tell, we're not in the same room. <laughs> well, we are doing... We just decided this is the best way to do the podcast. <laughs> That's it. That's the only reason. Having nothing to do with current events or anything. Just It's best to do it from far apart. So today on the podcast, we have Brian Kalbrowski on, uh, who's a great NBA reporter. But it's kind of weird. We recorded this a few weeks ago, uh, right before like the quarantine and everything. So he's kind of like the last person I saw. Yeah, that was funny. I, and I did. I wasn't there. And I wished you the best of luck. <laughs> and and it was it was it was funny. Was that the night that the NBA was canceled? I think that or was the night day? that no, that was the night the NBA is canceled because in the beginning of this podcast we kind of talk about uh they just restricted NBA access to the locker room. And he was like, wow. I don't know when I'm the next time I'm gonna be in the NBA arena is. Wow. So the so what's amazing about it is just like I feel like you guys are both there and you got like the alert on your phone like the NBA's been canceled like er, er, and you're both like get out get out and you start just running you right exactly I mean that was the that was that was a, that was when most people started taking it very seriously yeah it was the NBA and Tom Hanks mm-hmm Rudy Gobert gonna be remembered more for defense or for coronavirus <laughs> so I just want to give a little teaser I want to get a little little teaser into the story today is uh. You ready for who his next door neighbor was growing up? Robert Gazelman. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he grew up next to an MLB pitcher. Yeah, a reliever who's very effective, sometimes starter. A key part of, come on, if the Mets are going to win a World Series, it's going to be in a short and weird like coronavirus season, right? Like that's how you it's mean, gonna happen. <laughs> I'm pretty the excited. Yankees, if the Yankees are gonna win a World Series, they're gonna win it the normal way. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but no, we have a great guest. This guy, Brian, he's what definition of like a hoops insider. He knows so much, ear to the ground, NBA. He he knows so much about basketball. He probably knows about uh, your high school JV team. That's how much he knows. He was telling me he watches a lot of AAU basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, without further ado, let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome back. We're here with Brian Kalbroski. He's a reporter at Hoops Hype and NBA Wire Editor for USA Today Sports Media Group. Brian, thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely. It's like a weird, uh, ominous time in the city. You don't know what's going on. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah it's definitely... It's definitely a strange time to be alive, right? And I think people are a little weirded out right now. So we're recording it today. They announced the March Madness is going to be done with no fans. Yeah, and the other thing on top of that, too, is like the NBA games, you know, the media access right now is like basically non-existent. The, yeah. It's going to be mixed zone. 
Uh, so I'm not really sure when I'll be back in an NBA arena, to be honest, because I think that's going to be fine. Not fine, but it's going to at least be like more necessary for beat reporters. But most of what I'm doing is features. So like a yeah. press conference isn't really an appropriate time to like ask those kind of questions. Yeah. Um, so I understand why they're doing it for precautionary reasons. Um, but most of the work that I've gotten done this season, like with uh, my features and stuff, have all been within the capacity of going to the games and actually talking to them like casually and like one-on-one so the idea of it being a little farther away and separated is going to make it a lot harder for for people like me to do yeah to do our jobs when you're when you're in those i feel like a lot of people see the clips on sports center now on instagram with the the press conferences yeah you know i've been in those press conferences there's there's a lot of bad questions that are asked right yeah and also realistically like i think that it's like a misconstrued reality because that's not where the majority of most journalists' yeah. work get done. I think you'll see, like, Westbrook get upset or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you'll see, like, you mean, even I had a moment um, well, where... What's the worst question you ever asked? No, yeah. I, I've never asked a bad question in my life <laughs> I, to anybody <laughs> yeah. about anything. You could quote me on that. There's no such thing as a bad question. Yeah, only bad people. <laughs> there are only bad people. Um, but I had a situation where I was in a, uh, like, a lock, not a locker room, um, a post-game press conference, and I said, over on your right for Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler was like you're on my left like you need need to learn your rights and lefts and he kind of looked at me silly Uh, (laughs) so that was like the main thing he wasn't like upset but he was just like that's not my right that's my left Um, but again like I, I don't like asking questions in front of so many people because I think a lot of like where I get any sort of real answers from anybody is just like in conversation like I recently did a feature on uh, Toronto Raptors rookie Terrence Davis and like we ended up talking about you know his kid and how he had a kid uh, with his with his girl like six days before the draft, but he went undrafted and he didn't. Uh, he wasn't as upset that he went undrafted because he had just had his kid. And it's like you're not gonna say all yeah. that in a press conference, like you know all of that kind of stuff. Like I would have never been able to tell that story yeah. uh, under these circumstances. So hopefully it's temporary. But you know you heard last night LeBron James even said like how is it not having media like. It's pretty nice. So that was my yeah. next question. So I'm, I'm pretty, that, I'm really worried because so I'm really worried. It's yeah. very hard to walk it back. I feel like a lot of these stars, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that yeah. was awesome. Remember when the, the locker room was empty? Yeah, that was way doper. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my fear. Realistically, I don't see the NBA doing that. Uh, I think the, uh, you know, the Professional Basketball Writers Association um, would definitely be upset about that. Uh, they were upset at, at, at you know several different journalists who have said that mixed zone is fine. Um, yeah. You know, so there there is representation for for writers here uh, pushing back on it. Um, at the end of the day, though, I mean, it, it's like you you feel you feel almost a little silly like kind of arguing this kind of things because it's like there are literally such more terrible issues oh, that are happening. Yeah, so it's like there's a lot bigger issues. You know, it's it. like I'm like an NBA blogger, and I'm like, dude, of course I wanna be a part of this and like you know be able to do my job to my fullest but i've taught i'm I'm in group chats with with folks who have been like really upset about this and i'm like but keeping things in perspective like i do i am still like a basketball blogger i spend most of my day like in shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt just like chilling at home like you're looking good right now thank you yeah do you want to describe do you want to describe what's going on here like how a pretty cool uh tie-dye shirt with uh is that Tintin? Is that, is that... Uh, this is this is from Pharrell's skate team. Uh, okay. um, yeah, Billionaire Boys Club. Um, so this is actually sort of something that I got from 
the po- a different podcast. I didn't get it from the podcast. Oh but man, we had no swag to give yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, I didn't get it from a podcast, but I picked it up from listening to a podcast where oh, okay. Jimmy Gorecki, who now owns the brand uh, Jimmy Sweatpants, understand it issue. Yeah, uh, he was kind of the originator of like wearing tie dye as a skater. So I, I wanted to support that tie dye look uh, with with him because he he's like a tie dye guy like in a lot of his fashion now well, too. Summer's coming up. Grab your tie dye. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. You know, I gotta keep yourself a little bit happier, <laughs> a little bit more uplifting in these kind of strange strange times like we're talking about. It all comes back together. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we're going into the March Madness, and I feel like you know you just released your draft a big right. Board. Yeah. Um, how hard is it to watch that much college basketball and? Pro Bowl. Uh, I, I found a really nice balance, uh, thankfully. Um, a lot of folks that I know that cover the draft just cover the draft. Uh, yeah. And I think that that is a lane of coverage that I'd be interested in pursuing um, in my future. So uh, if you I love, pick right now, you would go college over I would pick. I would pick my paycheck. I would pick a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like, like if, like if, if, if anyone's all trying to pay equal. me. So yeah. All things equal. What, what are you choosing? College no, I, I, I mean, I don't really. They're equal. They're equal I'm covering college through the lens of the NBA, though, Got to be it. honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not watching, like, random, like, games. I'm kind of watching it from a scouting perspective. Perspective. Yeah, uh, and I I always like to look at it as like I'd like to fill a gap. I always want to provide coverage or something that's new. Um, so I, I we, we launched Rookie Wire uh, at USA Today Sports, uh, which is only covering first year players. So it's going to yeah. cycle out every year. So obviously this year is the Zion class. Next year will be the Lamelo class. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we only launched this year, but otherwise last year we would have had the the Luca and Trey exactly. you know coverage yeah. every day. Um, but that that was you know my conception because basically I felt that there's so many sites you hear that are doing draft coverage, but you don't hear of any that are like following them through the season. So our editor there, Cody Taylor, does like weekly power rankings based on like yeah yeah like rookie of the year like race basically and then you know highlights and quotes and like dominant g league performances from rookies and stuff and yeah it's it's a really a great resource because i don't think anything of that type really exists um so a lot of the draft coverage that i am doing too comes down to the rookies and you know in terms of uh heading into their first season in the league I, i like to interview them um, and kind of be the first one to tell their story. Um, ideally, an NBA team reads my feature on, um, let's say it's Zillin Cheatham, uh, who's actually about to make uh, some, some minutes happen for the New Orleans Pelicans. He's on a two-way deal. Um, and they're like, wow, this guy's got a cool story. Like, I'm gonna, He seemed genuine. He seemed articulate. He seemed like he knew what he was talking about. He seemed to understand his role. I would like to give him a, give him a, a second look in terms of just yeah. – I'm not saying like, I'm going to draft him per se – but at least, like, I now I know more of his background. Now I know more of his story. And same with agents. They can read some of these yeah. stories. Uh, and you I think, become, like, invested in their journey. Hell yeah. yeah hell yeah. yeah. So, this is a good guy. I want to see him. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. And there there are certain players who I've talked to over the years who I've become significantly more invested in. My roommate and I play 2K a lot. And, like, there's, like, random rookies yeah. or random second-year players who I've interviewed. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'm going to go nice, off with him yeah. right now because <laughs> we've had that great conversation. And he was, like, so genuine and, like, so heartfelt. And, like, my roommate calls him the Brian Kabrowski All-Stars because they're just, like, <laughs> Literally, like, so often, like, no-name players, but I'm, like, really forcing the issue yeah. with them cause, <laughs> because, like, I care at this point. But, you know, the truth is that, like, I, I want to be the first one to tell these, like, rookies' stories. Yeah. So it's not really that I want to watch more college basketball or watch more NBA basketball, but I feel like I want to introduce a lot of these NBA players to the NBA landscape for the first time. Um, and I think, you know, if that turns out to be a position where – 
you know, one day at these connections, like all the guys that I am now like closer with who have like maintained good contact with me, yeah. uh, end up becoming NBA superstars and I start breaking their news because I'm the next Woj in that sense. That would yeah. be a crazy turn of events that I was not prepared for. I like where you're but going I would, but I would take it. <laughs> like I wouldn't, like I'm not expecting that to be the thing. Yeah. But you know, I'm going to develop relationships with some of these players. Not all of them. I probably interviewed 40 or 50 prospects. Some, you know, only still in contact with a few of them, but some of them still remember me when I'm in locker rooms and stuff because, you know, we usually try to chat for like half an hour to an hour and I'm usually the first person they talk to. That's kind of the the system that I've worked out where I'm usually the first player or I'm usually the first uh, reporter that they talk to when they've like declared for the draft at this point, or at least I try to be. In the locker room, I feel like everyone flocks to the superstars. Right, exactly. So if you have a a rookie that didn't play a lot of minutes. Right. You over to them. They're just they're happy to be talking to someone. They're like, hey, exactly. look, it's Brian. Yeah, yeah it's a friendly face. Yeah, I went up to Goga Batsadi uh, on the Indiana Pacers, seven foot big man out of uh, the country of Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he kind of messed with me where I was like, "Hey, man, got a couple minutes for for a thing," and he was like, oh, "I would love to, but I'm actually only on the staff. Like, I, I'm I'm just on the staff." And I was like, "No, you're Goga Batsadi. Like, you played for Mega Max in in Germany last year. Like, I I know your thing. Like, I." literally study rookies like i this is the one thing in the world that i know the most about is nba rookies <laughs> um but it was really funny that he did that but yeah it is kind of that thing where it's like yeah i try to be a friendly face where i try yeah. to be like you know like i'm i don't want to be in a scrum with 30 people trying to talk to Kyrie or lebron if i could have like a decent conversation with um you know even even caruso or even somebody at the end yeah. of the bench who might be playing decent minutes and that requires a lot of watching game film and being like okay this guy's not going to be in the league in a year it's probably not worth it or this guy's not getting enough minutes realistically and i think he's got a real shot of like being somebody in this league you know in the future i also think the average nba fan now is so much smarter because before yeah like people didn't know what went into having an 82 if not more if you went to the playoff season and how many minutes that takes, the, you know, the toll on your body, the toll on travel and everything, being away from your fam, friends and family. And I feel like now there's so much of a higher appreciation of people that make it to the league and stay in the league. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I went to Syracuse. Oh, yeah. And uh, I graduated in 2014. And I yeah. feel like my, everyone I graduated with, like, like Scoop Jardine's not, not in the league. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't make it. Yeah. Um, I interviewed Brandon, Tyus Battle. He, uh, oh, yeah. he was a nice kid, but he's not really doing much yeah, either. exactly. Brandon Trish ended up going to Italy, and then mm-hmm. he was in Israel, I think, for a little bit. You know, like, well, there's a there's a Syracuse big man um, who currently works for the NBA Academies. Um, I think he I think he's an international player. Um, played under Boheim, and he, he I met him recently, and he, he's really a good guy. But it's yeah. like I, I was really excited to hear that he played you know D1 basketball for Syracuse um, and has still found a way to work in basketball. Uh, I, I cannot yeah. remember his name. Bayamu Zikeda. Yeah, probably. I that, I, no, I, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, because I remember he's doing something. Yeah, is he like seven foot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. he was a backup center. Yeah, he wasn't very coordinated, but you know, he's, yeah. he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stick no, him in the, yeah, yeah. the post, and he'll do something. Yeah, he's doing some stuff with the NBA academies now. Yeah, um, helping some of the international. Because I mean, I don't know if folks know about the NBA academy, but these are certified schools where international prospects can attend 
and basically, you know, get feeded into the draft. I mean, they haven't had anybody drafted to the NBA yet because it's a newer thing. Yeah. But they've had people drafted to the WNBA, and they have people playing in, um, you know, D1 schools. And I think, you know, in the next year or two, we'll probably get our first uh, drafted player. I think Mojave King might be the first likely candidate, but it's a, it's a high school. Okay. So, they're, you know, it's like prep to yeah. pros, but it's basically their version of a prep school in the NBA um, you know, is testing out like wearable technology with Nike and stuff yeah. like that to to kind of do like beta testing and you know a lot of psychological stuff where they're saying like, what does it really take to become an NBA player? Like kind of like heart of a champion type type beat. Yeah, and so, talking about D one ball, I mean, you went to so you went to Oregon. I did. Yeah, I went to University of Oregon. So did you also have like twelve jerseys that you had to wear as well? <laughs> or like I was actually in charge of the student section. Um, okay. So I don't know if you remember hearing about like the pit crew Jordan threes. Um, but those go for, if you go to a flight club, not even too far from here right now, you could buy those for like $5,000 right now. Oh man. Yeah. So the designer of those Tinker Hatfield hated the student section for reselling those. But <laughs> if you're gonna have a bunch of 19 year olds, Jays, like they're going to flip yes, them. Yeah. Um, especially when they're like, I didn't even ask for these Jays. Like, <laughs> like these were just like a nice gift, but like, I don't know you. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the student section was cool. Like we got, you know, a lot of free swag and stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately I've. Uh, outgrown all of my Oregon gear. Oh, I'm man. like just bigger now. Like it just it's a bummer because I had some cool <laughs> stuff. I had like a nice like black and pink jersey. So that anyone my... from Oregon looking to cop some gear? Uh... No, no. <laughs> most of my sister, my sister uh, actually went and then graduated. Oh, awesome. So my sister has a lot of my old jerseys oh, now. Sweet. She doesn't really wear them, and my mom too. Um, so I, I might it's funny that my you know because like. We were there for so long between the yeah. two of us because we never overlapped. Um, oh, so, so, yeah, so she was able to cop some of the old hand-me-downs. Oh, and cool. Yeah, and then... Did you go um, to the Final Four last year? Or? Uh, well, we didn't make the Final Four uh, oh, two, last year. Two, two years. I think that was three years ago. Three years ago? Yeah, okay. yeah, I did. Now, down, I did, actually. Yeah, I did go. Yeah. Um, I bought an Airbnb to go until all after the championship. Uh, and I drove out by myself, just in my car. I was just like, I'm just going to stay here till Monday. We're going to win this thing. <laughs> and uh, we did not win that thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was just a bummer, too, because, like, I was there as press. Um, and I was like, yeah, we're, I'll go out afterwards and stuff and, like, see everybody that went to Oregon and stuff. Yeah. But instead, I drove out there, like, went to Media Row, like, was hanging out. And then, like, Oregon lost, and all my friends that were in town just, like, went back to their Airbnbs. And I was just like all right, guess I'm going to go back to my Airbnb and then drive home because <laughs> I was living in L.A. at the time. Okay. Yeah. Got it. But, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so I guess it would have been three years ago because Peyton Pritchard, who's Oregon's uh, point guard now, yeah. was also the point guard of that team. And something that people may not realize about Peyton Pritchard is that that dude literally went to, like, a small public school in Oregon, um, and they – it was Westland, which is, like, a like, – it was kind of like the rival school of uh, uh, Lake Oswego, which is where Kevin Love went. But it's like a, kind of like a richer school, like not particularly like known for basketball. I think they had won one state title ever before that. All four years of his high school, they won the state championship. And then his first year of college, they went to the Final Four. Yeah. Now he's a you know conference player of the year in the Pac-12. Like he, he's a winning player. I mean, I don't know if he's got much of an NBA future, but to win four straight state titles at a school that's like not a juggernaut. Uh, it's pretty impressive. And then, you know, go to the Final Four as a freshman. Like, he, he's definitely a player. And so that was his freshman year, and now he's a senior. So now, are you going to start following? It seems like you know a lot about your high school ball, too. 
I uh, yeah more than I'd like to admit, so unfortunately. You're, you're dabbling yeah. the high school. Bus. Yeah, I'm, I'm dabbling. I'm even dabbling in the Sierra yeah. Canyon and everything. I feel like Zion. Yeah. Before you even committed to Duke, I feel like everyone knew who he was. Just yeah. Because of the dunks he was doing in high school. Yeah, I'm watching a decent amount of AAU film, to be honest. Oh man. Um and, uh, you know, watching some 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 Sierra Canyon. Uh, you know there there are some there are some players like even at Sierra Canyon's team last year that I was like I don't know how this guy's not getting more yeah. more shine like just to shout out one guy in particular like Cassius Stanley went to Sierra Canyon and now he's at Duke and he he has a forty six inch vertical like that's a higher vertical than Zion Williamson and like he already broke Zion Williamson's vertical record like as a freshman at at Duke Man. and I he went to Sierra Canyon it's like not a nowhere school yeah. like they won the championship. And like realistically, like he's like six five, you know, like he he's like a certifiable wing, like in a Peach Jam tournament, like on the AAU circuit, he shot fifty percent from three, and he just like wasn't on any big boards. So I wrote an article for Rookie Wire, being like, why isn't Cassius Stanley? And then I made my own big board, and I was like putting him up there, oh, yeah. and now and now he's now he's yeah, like more, yeah. But it's just like you know, not to like name names, but guys like you know Jonathan Cavoni at ESPN, like. They're leaders and they're, they're thought leaders, yeah, and they can only watch. Yeah. They can only watch so much basketball. And the fact is that if they don't personally watch much Cassius Stanley, a lot of other folks will end up following suit, yeah, and then Cassius yeah. Stanley just gets totally locked because they're like, "Oh well, I see him at twelve on ESPN. I'm gonna do a similar version of him at fifteen. All right, yeah. right. And I think you see a lot of these guys uh, who, who were highly ready to come out of high school, and then they're just presumptive lottery picks, but. My big board is usually like ranked more based on it's ranked on a lot of things. I'm obsessive <laughs> with my big board. Like my big board is like my baby, but yeah. it's it's really based on a lot of college production as well. Like you got to produce in college for me to draft you. And that's yeah. why Brandon Clark was probably my third favorite player coming out of college last year in the NBA draft because Brandon Clark on the Memphis Grizzlies is somebody who had more blocked shots than missed field goals at Gonzaga. Like, that is insane. The idea yeah. that, like, you're so good at defense and so efficient on offense, like, you're going to have a role in the NBA. And I think you're, you're seeing that now. Yeah. I mean, the one thing for me coming into this draft is the Cole Anthony, talking about, like, people following. Yeah. Cole Anthony buzz really died down. Coming into the season, yeah, yeah. everyone was like, he's going to be player of the year, he's going to be top five. You know, it's a weak draft class. That, that's the narrative going into this draft this year. Yeah. But now everyone's like, yeah, Cole Anthony's maybe uh, He can't score at the rim. He's shooting he's yeah. shooting less than fifty percent within five feet of the basket, and that's only gonna get harder at the NBA level because yeah, you're gonna get bigger defenders. Like, yeah, well <laughs> yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah, that, that um, zone was kind to him. Yeah. He Cole Anthony comes from, you know, a good background here in New York. He comes he comes from comes from some money and I think he wasn't used to having to 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 necessarily like uh, play against uh, the competition that he's playing against now at the ACC, and I think that it was a bit of a shock. I still believe in him. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah, I really like good. I think he's going to be a good player, but I wouldn't look at him at one, two, three, maybe even four. Yeah. Uh, this draft is a little weak, though, so maybe around five. Uh, but, but it's crazy to think yeah. that in a week, I mean, he might even drop out of the top five. But we'll see. I mean, I think he could drop out of the top ten realistically. Yeah. Uh, like he he's a he's a good player, but. He takes way too many mid-range shots. He takes like, he's not he doesn't shoot well near the rim, and his three-point percentage is fine. Yeah. Um, I think that realistically, um, you know, it showed me a lot about his character that he was willing to come back for his second, or for not for a second, for the remainder of the season after his injury. Yeah, that that showed me that he's a fighter. I think a lot of dudes uh, wouldn't have 
uh, Don, like, you know, I'm hurt. This team is boo boo. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Zion did it last year, yeah. A little bit, yeah. But like, you know, you like you see that, like Romeo Langford, I think even did that where he was like hurt and he was like, I'm not gonna play in the yeah. tournament. Uh, I think it was the NIT. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I like to, I like to see a lot of those like character traits as well. Like, I'm, I'm willing to come back and and and, and come back and play for this team that recruited me. I mean, so are you watching most of this on like? Recordings like is your DVR uh, just like nah, college, nah, college, nah. like NBA basketball? Nah, I, well, I go to I go to almost every Brooklyn Nets home game. Okay, so I, I get most of my intake for. Um, but you don't do the beat writing for the Nets. No, I cover the road team usually. Though I'll try okay. to go to the way locker room and focus on a player or two uh, in that locker room, and I'll I'll sort of scout from there. But college, I'm doing mostly on synergy. Um, so synergy is a great tool. You could watch. You could watch. Uh, shout out to synergy. Yeah, shout out to synergy. Sponsor the pod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to, uh, basically, I mean, it's a really expensive tool. I'm like grateful that my employer covers it. Yeah. But basically, it you can watch the whole game back, but also it breaks it down uh, per possession. So oh, you could wow. look at only spot up attempts by Cole Anthony. You can look at only catch and shoot attempts by Nico Mannion. You can only look at pick and roll as a finisher by Vernon Carey. Like, it, like you could just completely break it down just to like i'm only watching somebody's synergy possessions but that includes their misses not just the ones they've made oh, so and then make your own weird stats like elias stat bureau sort I of like elias always throws out the most random yeah stats. like sort he's of shooting uh 50 from field gold on tuesdays when the sun's yeah up. yeah i mean it doesn't break it down that specific nor do i believe that has any merit no uh, but in terms of like possession type value I I do kind of like that they can give me at least a general, and then they kind of show, like, this is better than average, this is worse than average, this is considered elite, this is considered poor. So I can kind of get, like, an idea, like, okay, this guy's a really good player off the catch, or this guy is a pretty decent pick-and-roll finisher. And then from there, I'll kind of be able to just watch those film and be like, okay, his form looks pretty good. Or like, okay, like he, he, he is mostly doing this because he's just straight bigger than people. And he's not going to be able to have that same size advantage in the NBA. So you can get a kind of basic idea like, okay, half of his offense is coming from post-ups. That is not going to translate to the NBA. Yeah. So that's somebody like Isaiah Stewart at UW. Uh, like more than 50% of his possessions that he's finished as, a, as an offensive player um, have come just because he's posting up a dude. Like you can't do that at the next level. Yeah. Whereas somebody that's doing like pick and pop possessions or pick and roll possessions, I think you're much more likely to understand that that's going to translate and make more sense. So these are things that like make, make maybe you, like, you know, the live sports pro, they seem like fake stats, but it's like, no, I'm trying to figure out no, yeah. the basic stuff here, which is like, this guy can shoot off the catch. He can't shoot off the dribble. This guy can create in isolation. This guy cannot create in isolation. Like, this guy can basically make offense for himself. This guy cannot. And, and these kind of things I'm able to really watch. That's where I consume most of my college media. So if you're going to uh, every net home game, first of all, watching nets on, the, on TV – very like weird to the, the grayscale court. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I've, little, I've heard that it's a lot yeah, worse on TV. It's a little like because uh, I, I have league pass. Yeah, and I'm watching too much basketball. Yeah, the West Coast games always get me. Yeah, I watched. I was up. I was up late last night in the Nets Lakers game for yeah. sure. Good ending though. Uh, for for some, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm from LA, so not as much for those of uh, of us from LA. But yeah, going to that every night home game hasn't uh, converted you. 
Uh, last year, I rooted for the Nets a lot. Last year, they had a good group of dudes. Jared Dudley, Ed yeah. Davis. I really liked Spencer Dinwiddie a lot last year. Oh, I uh, this year. Well, I like him this year. Paris LeVert's going off. This year. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about just like on the, I'm rooting for you as a dude kind of yeah, thing. So that's kind of where I'm at right now yeah, with uh, with my rooting interest. Even the Lakers, I'm rooting for the city of Los Angeles to be yeah. happy. <laughs> but uh, now I'm rooting for dudes who I've, who I've talked to who have been like, yeah. Oh wow, this guy's way cooler than I thought he was going to be. So that's how I felt about the Nets last year. This year, the Nets locker room is way more closed off. Like no one's like Spencer, yeah. even who is one of my favorite players in the league as a person, is just not talking the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nets locker room, like a little paint a picture, is pretty much just Jared Allen um, taking all the questions from the media, and the rest of the players just like hiding in the lounge or the showers mm-hmm. or something. Whereas the road team doesn't have that same luxury, and they're all around to chat. So yeah. I, I spend most of my time in the road locker room. You ever covered teams in MSG? Uh, yeah, really, I hate going just, to the Garden, no. man. No, it's just not for me. No, as a, as a, as a Nick fan, it's tough. To <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to the Garden. First of all, I live in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's um, easier. Yeah, it's not even that much easier, honestly, because <laughs> like it's just so easy to get to Penn Station. Yeah, but it just it feels easier, and I have a good like camaraderie. I feel like right now with just the, the, the Brooklyn. Not necessarily even the team, but the the guys who cover the Nets and and like the, the basic um the basic flow of that and everything. Like I just kind of understand how the publicity works there. The Garden it's way more closed off. I go to college games there. Yeah. Like last year, Oregon played Iowa and they played. I think it was Syracuse, right? I think Oregon played Syracuse at the Garden last year. Oh yeah, for the coaches versus mm-hmm. no, or like um, Army something maybe. Yeah, I went I went to both those games as media. Um, yeah. those were two different two different days. I got to see Bowl Bowl and. And you know a lot of those, you know, the two K class. I think it was the two K class. Yeah, Yeah. Um, there's so many college tournaments there now. Ridiculous, but uh, I I remember. Yeah, I saw Kenny Wooten. Kenny Wooten had a really nice alley oop. I remember thinking at the time like Kenny Wooten could play a similar role as Mitchell Robinson. Um, So it's interesting now that they're on 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 the same team. I mean, he doesn't have the same size. He's a little undersized to play that role. But you know, rim finisher, rim protector. That's kind of it, but like, but like you yeah. know, the, like he's an he's an like Kenny Wooten's an elite athlete, so um, I you know I'll go to the Garden every once in a while, but I don't I don't like it. The first <laughs> game I went to the Garden when I moved here was the game that Kristaps tore his ACL. Oh man, I was at that versus the, the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, when it was Giannis sick. Giannis dunked, dunked over, over Tim yeah, it was Tim yeah. Hardaway Jr. That's right. He Bucks. literally dunked over him. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the game. I go to an embarrassing amount of Knicks games. Like two? Like two is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so more than two. I've, I've been to two more than two Knicks games this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Uh, you should you should donate that money to a charity yeah. instead. <laughs> I am what are you got, doing? Yeah. To the, to, the, to the garden. They need it. They don't need it. They do not need your money. Dude, take that money. Send it to a journalist who yeah. doesn't make enough. <laughs> exactly. And go to go to AAU basketball. Go to go to the Patrick School in New Jersey and watch Jonathan Kaminga. You know, by him, he's yeah. he's like the next. He's a junior right now. He might reclassify to be, um, to be in the next class in the twenty twenty one draft class. If so, he's probably going to be a top two or top three pick. Same high school that Kyrie went to, the Patrick School, um, St. Patrick in New Jersey, and. It's just a beast. Like yeah. he's he's got he's got next for sure. So for a Jersey kid, I think you know that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he hasn't committed to a college yet though, but I think he. Uh, I have to go over and tell him a few good things about Syracuse. I don't think it's on his list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not really on his list. Without further ado, what's your craziest, most embarrassing, funniest sports story? Um. Jeez. So I feel like this is a little jarring. Um. 
I am not an athlete, per se. Um, I never really was an athlete. I played a little bit of baseball, but mostly I wrote the newsletter for our Little League baseball team. That was kind of... You wrote the newsletter for the Little League Yeah, like, that, like the parents got. That like, was a little foreshadowing of what was going to happen, right? No, this is what I've always wanted to do. It yeah. wasn't even foreshadowing. Like, yeah, I want to write about my Little League team. Like, I wrote an article like my my like local newspaper about like my Little League team when I was like 12. That's amazing. I was like freelancing about <laughs> myself. Uh, like, I'm not very good, but some of my boys are. And ironically, one of those dudes turned out to be Robert Gazelman. Oh. Yeah, New York Mets relief pitcher. Um, so I wasn't, you know, I didn't even At play what it. Age did you know that, like, what age do you know an MLB pitcher is like much better? Uh, I, used to, I used to pretend I had sprained ankles because we were next door neighbors. Yeah. Like oh, literally yeah, next wow. door neighbors. So I used to pretend I had sprained ankles on his front lawn every day because I couldn't just be like, I couldn't just be like, yo, I'm going, I'm going home. Like mom's calling me. He's like, no, she's not. Like you know, because we're playing, we're playing like wiffle ball on his front lawn. He's up like sixty three to zero. Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew Robert was like way better than me, but I knew I didn't know he was like necessarily that level. Yeah. yeah but the thing is, he wasn't that big yet. Like he got he got way taller in high school, which is I we went to different high schools, so I didn't, I didn't see him as much then. But you know, he played against my high school when I was in high school. He he was playing. He was like playing for the state champion Westchester High basketball team as well. So he was doing two sports. So he didn't really focus uh, on one or the other. But when he played my team in baseball, like my high school would just walk him completely. Just yeah. like did, he did not see a pitch. Yeah. yeah. So like I knew he was obviously like, okay, he's good for, for that too. But he didn't know if he was going to play college baseball, college basketball. Like he had no idea. Like he could have done a lot of different things, I think. Yeah. But he chose baseball. But a lot of like the teams didn't know what he was doing either. So he was drafted 13th round uh, by the Mets because they were just like, is he going to play college baseball, college basketball? Like, I don't know what his plan is. Um, so he, he got drafted by the Mets and he stuck with it. Um, did the whole minor system and, you know, he's been in the majors for three years now. Um, but I. I was never an athlete. Like, I never had any dreams of being an athlete. Yeah. I always liked sports but i was never like good at any of them um so when i got to college at oregon like i was like this is great like i can write about sports you know like this this is gonna be really fun like a lot of a lot of good teams here um and one of the good teams was the uh oregon football team um and one of the bad teams was the jewish fraternities uh intramural basketball team and there was a game where my intramural basketball team on the jewish fraternity matched up against the oregon football team and I was personally tasked with guarding Marcus Mariota. Oh my um, one of the <laughs> one of the other players on the other team was DeForest Buckner, um, who was six foot eight and a starter for the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers playing defensive line. He is a professional. I will tackle you and, and like mess you up like a football player. And like <laughs> it was literally just me against the and like my my fraternity brothers. I'm like I'm not going to make a Jewish stereotype, but I'll say that at Oregon specifically, the Jewish fraternity was known for some things, but uh, intramural basketball was not one of them. Like we were not like, <laughs> oh yeah, the Jewish fraternity—they're really great at intramural basketball. Like that wasn't that wasn't it. <laughs> you always had one guy who like, was a point guard. No, we were the B like, team, bro. Oh, you were the B so team. So that one guy, like the, the we, there was a few of those one guys. Oh, they were on the A team. They were on the A team. 
So, so this isn't even your fraternity A team, which still probably doesn't matter. No, they You're still right. were. They were still were. They were, I'm sure, uh, still trash. Was the A team like a little jealous that the B team was playing the football team? Nah, nah, definitely not. Definitely not. Because they got they would have gotten tra- they would have gotten trashed too. Like the football team also like they were playing in the lowest possible division because they just didn't want to get hurt. Didn't want to get hurt. So yeah. like they weren't trying. Got it. But like it definitely. It was a, let's have some fun. Yeah, let's have campus. some fun. Yeah, on campus, get to know some people. Oh my god, we were down like 70 at halftime. <laughs> like literally like they weren't even trying. At one point I tried to box Marcus Mariota out for a rebound and the man who is historically nice by the way. Like I don't know what you've heard about Mariota, but like he is the nicest person on the planet. Like I, I once literally saw him like pull over and give a homeless guy like some socks. Oh, wow. Just like was hey, like do you need these? Like what can I do for you? You know, like, I'm, yeah. I'm the kind of dude who would have probably walked across the street and avoided the guy completely. Yeah. And Mariota's out here just like, hey, like, what do you need? And he's the Heisman Trophy winner. I tried to box Mariota out for a rebound, and the dude goes, oh, man, you could just have it. Like, it's all good. <laughs> I was like, this is humiliating. Like, I hate you. <laughs> like, I, I hate you. And, again, we're down, like, 70 at the halftime. I'm, like, telling the ref, like, we have to call this. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, if they could outscore you by 70 in the first, why can't you outscore them by 70 in the second half? Amazing. And I was just like, you're a dick. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, of course, it's obvious why you can't. It's, like, the size advantage for one, you know. <laughs> but also just, like, we're getting annihilated. My 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 spirits are low. <laughs> um, but I... I remember uh, hit a three-pointer. I'm not, this is not a brag, but I did hit a three-pointer. And I remember um, DeForest Buckner on the sideline just shouting, like, we have to double-team him now. He's hot. He's hot. (laughs) And I think it was literally, like, my only, my only single, like, move the entire game. And then the other thing that was crazy about that thing, too, is I remember my buddy uh, Matt Asher, who is now working for the 49ers with Forrest Buckner actually um, picked off a pass from uh, from Mariota like it was just like a, it was just a little basketball pass but he but intercepted Mariota yeah he intercepted Mariota and the crazy thing too is that uh, Mariota hadn't thrown a pick in that season so he was the only player only one, the only, one only one just <laughs> that's just masher yeah <laughs> And uh, shout out Masher. I, feel like uh, I don't think anyone dunked in that game. Uh, I don't. I dunked on some people, yeah. but other <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, no, not really. That's that's pretty funny. I feel like uh, did you know going into the gym? Or yeah. So not only did I know going into, going into the gym, I actually shaved my facial hair into a full handlebar mustache <laughs> and wore like a silly headband. Oh, because you you wanted to do intimidate him. It was a little. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely had to had to. But the, yeah, I did know going ahead of time, and that's why I dressed ridiculous. But so, if you knew going ahead of time, did you like tell everyone to come? Was there a big crowd, or you were like, we don't want to tell anyone we're Hell about no. to lose by yeah. hundred? Hell no, we told no one. Oh, I would have told everyone. I would have wanted to be like, we're gonna have a fan section. Yeah, that would have been. I, I'm the student section for you out there, not yeah, here. That would have been. Humili- <laughs> this is our student section. That would have been humiliating. I would have hated that so much. <laughs> I. No, I I used to do stand up in college. I made people. I would make people come to that. Okay. But like, I do not want anyone to watch me like pretend to run. Yeah. Like, I'm. I get humiliated. Like, no, I do not want you to watch me like in shorts go up and down a court that like I'm getting annihilated on. Um, plus, I don't think Mariota would have liked that very much either. Just like I don't wanna, we don't want to burn a spot like that, you know. Yeah. And then like after the game, he walked directly up to me. and was like, "Hey man, it was nice to meet you." Oh, like, that's awesome. 
Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> nice your, to meet you, too. Was your team called the B team, or you had a creative name for the uh, team? Oh, man, this was, I don't remember. This was a decent amount of time yeah. ago, so I don't i don't remember, unfortunately. I'm trying to think uh, if the football team had a, had a cool name, too, or they're just like... You know, I think... How, they, do you, how do you know it was the football team? Because I feel like they would have uh, other, other, pe- other people, other people knew. Uh, they were like, hey, oh, yeah, by the way, says, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know the ducks are actually the football team. Yeah, like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there was there was one man. I wish I, I wish I could find a friend right now, but I remember there was a different version of the football team. It was like just the receivers. They were threes for thotties. I remember, <laughs> I remember them. They they were in the A level though because they those guys oh, they, all they were trying. They weren't trying. Those guys just all played like varsity in in high school, but like as yeah, well. I feel like a, a receiver and an NBA player yeah. has like a weird relationship. Yeah. Terren- those- Terrence Davis, who I was telling you about before, was a receiver and was getting D one offers to play in the SEC, but he he wanted to play basketball instead. But he was he was a receiver. He was a good receiver at that. But yeah, I mean different mentality. Yeah, you have the hops, good hand eye coordination. Yeah. So I think those guys were just like we have to play in the division A just to like even even to play play like on a mildly uncompetitive basis it has to be in division A. Yeah, how did the rest oh. of the season go? <laughs> oh man, I don't know if we won a game. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing I'm playing intramural shuffleboard now. Ooh. Like the retirement home game. Yeah. Um not the bar game, like the shuffleboard like with the stick on a cruise and stuff and um what's it called? Royal Palms? Mm-hmm. It's our Royal Palms, shout out Royal Palms. Um, I we won our first game of the season in the Ooh, winter. What's and the then, name of your team? You have a uh, name? I hate our team I name. Blow I, don't up even, I, don't, I don't even like our team. I don't even right, like right, it. Right. Yeah. You rename your team name. Yo, yeah. Team Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain. This is my new identity. There it is. Um, I I was like, we won our first game, and we're like, we're never losing. Like, we're gonna go undefeated. Like, we're never losing to War. We lost every single other week until last night, where we won game two. But last night was the last game of the winter season, so we uh, went we went two and six. Was there one team where you're like, these are a bunch of sixty year olds? They're really good. They're every bad. team, every team, we were getting our ass kicked by sixty year olds every week, just getting trashed, and then they were trash talking. Like <laughs> it was honestly a nightmare. It's like, a little harder than you think. The, the shuffleboard. Way harder than you yeah. think. But I got pretty good at it. I got pretty good at it. It's called the puck, right? Uh, no, it's called a it's called a biscuit. Biscuit. Yeah. Put the biscuit in the basket. No, no, you want to you want to get the biscuit on the scoreboard, but you also want to avoid the kitchen. Uh, kitchen. Here's here's a trading card that I made for myself last night as a shuffleboard player. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I made that last night. Just <laughs> I made power, the power of Photoshop. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I just I made myself a little fo- a little photo card. Yeah. So <laughs> I might sell these if anyone wants them. Just me as a shuffleboard player. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, where can everyone find your writing and, and where can uh, people yeah, follow if, you? If you go to hoopshype, hoopshype.com, um, I'm usually on there. Uh, my author page is probably hoopshype.com slash either author slash Brian Kabrowski or some some version of that. But I post <laughs> most of the good stuff on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Brian Kabrowski. If you want to see the picture of me uh, playing shuffleboard, it's instagram.com slash Brian Kabrowski, um, K-A-L-B-R-O-S-K-Y. All right, so go follow Brian, and thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Awesome. And welcome back. Tyler, I'm, uh, I was upset you couldn't be there, but I'm happy to have you on the phone now. Yeah, this is, uh, I feel like, what's one of those interviews, like on the phone, for live from whatever, you know, when they call into the radio shows? I'm yeah, the special you know, guest. First time, long time, uh, big fan. Uh, but that was, uh, it was uh, it was really interesting just what he was saying about you know you you can go watch all these high school 
players just play. <laughs> like, you know, nothing's stopping you, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he talked about uh, Jonathan Kaminga, but also, like, you know, the high school season's over now. But Sierra Canyon had, like, real celebrities showing up this year. They had uh-huh. Drake and, uh, you know, LeBron sons. So LeBron's there, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The um, But, yeah, I mean, hey, it's better than watching the Knicks. And, I mean, it's just funny because, remember, I once had that opportunity. They were like, they were like, Ty, I remember, you, re- you remember this. They were like, Ty, we're going to play. There's this guy who's going to be, like, a great um, college recruit. He's playing basketball uh after our practice, and I was, like, injured, and I was like, I can't do it, I can't come, and, like, you should still come meet him, like, no, no, remember, it was Kemba Walker, uh, <laughs> and yeah. this time, I was like, yeah. man, I could have played with it, but, you know, at the time, you're just like, ah, who cares, who's this guy, I don't, but, uh, also, his story reminded me, I once had a, I, I never knew it was true or not, I once had a camp counselor tell me he lost, he played one-on-one with Mike Bibby in college, and lost to him 5-11. to 11. I don't think someone would lie about losing five to eleven, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a very specific score. Unless I, that uh, was his like plan, <laughs> you know. I, it made me think about like who the best athlete I've ever played against in a sport is. I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Like I didn't play against Marcus Mariota or like a a, a pro in anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean. We, I mean, we played against guys who played college, I guess, and I almost played with Kemba Walker that time. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't. <laughs> I, but the weird thing is, remember, I played AAU in uh, ninth grade, but, like, I remember the guy's first names, but I don't know, like, if, like, was Dion turned out, was that Dion Waiters? Like, I don't remember. Like, you know, I didn't keep in touch. You know yeah, what I mean? I guess, I guess you don't know who was who. Yeah, it's like, you don't know what ended up happening to half the people you were playing against. Yeah, because you played with so many, like, people, you know? Also, if you play against um, someone in seventh grade, right? By the time they're in yeah. college, they're they're a whole different person. Most people have their haven't had their growth spurts when you're playing against them. Yeah, and also, you know, you just changed when you went to college very much. So you were very different. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> well, I went from a point guard to a center. It was my growth spurt. That is true. <laughs> that is true. And what's it called? Uh, but no, I I really think it's interesting. You know, I because I'm not gonna now. There's a don't. Is, is the ad, don't waste your money on tickets. Go see uh, the pro for free. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that our new sponsor? I don't know. I don't really know if that's a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, Brian's draft board is unbelievably comprehensive. And I know there's no March Madness, so I think this year's draft is going to be super interesting too. And huh. if there's anything you want to know about rookies and prospects going in, Brian's your guy. Like he is the ultimate guide for prospects going into the NBA. Absolutely. So yeah. So hey, this was this first uh, episode post, uh, you know, quarantine Corona stuff. It's pretty good. I want everyone to stay safe. Uh, wash your hands. I feel like twenty it was, seconds. Like, it was funny. I was like, oh man. I mean, I want everyone to stay safe, but I was like, do I have to say that? <laughs> everyone sort of knows that, I, you know. But, <laughs> like you know, like I I want to like, but everyone says it. Like, at what point is it? You know, but yes, please, everyone, stay safe. <laughs> Tyler, stay <laughs> safe yourself, and I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in the summer. Yes, I'll see you soon. Hey, but we hey, we'll do this again next week. I'll see you next week. See you next week. All right.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.